Mindfulness Mode 58. When I get centered in the morning and really kind of just wipe my mind clean, I do that by really focusing on my breath. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Thanks so much for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. To thank you for listening, I'll send you a free copy of my book. I teamed up with author Brian Tracy to create our best-selling book called Cracking the Success Code. You'll learn more about my story and how I became an anti-bullying advocate. Get the book free at mindfulnessmode.com slash cracking. Enter your name and email and you'll have your book downloaded in no time. Enjoy the book, Mindful Tribe. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Greg Zuffalato on the line today. Hey, Greg, are you in mindfulness mode? Absolutely, especially getting to talk to you. I'm ready to go. That's great, Greg. Greg Zuffalato is a sought-after specialist in nutrition and exercise and is the sole creator of the Too Busy to Eat weight loss program. Greg is passionate about helping people around the world be successful in their quest to lose weight and keep it off. Greg holds a master's degree in leadership and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He also practices mindfulness and encourages his clients and colleagues to use mindfulness as a way to improve their lives. So, Greg, tell Mindful Tribe what you're most excited about these days. Oh, man, there's so many things to be excited about. But it really, one of the most exciting things, I mean, it's just a it's not a coincidence. Just the timing of this is um, over, you know, the last several months. Uh, you know, I've started to be um, a routine in my life that has really very sim- simple, but has really changed the direction of of my life, my business career, my my relationships with my wife and kids, and it, and actually, it all really boils down to the mindfulness. And that actually, that's it's pretty timely because that's what I'm most excited about. There's a lot of things going on, but that that is what I am most thrilled about. Well, that's just great. That's just great, Greg. And I've heard you talk a little bit about this, so I'm excited for you to share with Mindful Tribe more details and more inside about what is what is this this routine. Tell us about it. Sure. You know, I've studying different people in the personal development world and just kind of understanding my own past of of just chasing things and mm-hmm. not slowing down. Really looking for the next thing. I did a. I made a lot of career moves. I chased, you know, the college coaching. I I did. I ran a. I trained athletes. I, you know, I started this. I wrote a book on, you know, weight loss and nutrition. I did all these things and chasing them, and always looking for the next thing. Like not, you know, not enjoying the journey at all. No matter what I did, no matter how satisfactory it was, I never enjoyed the journey and wasn't really present present in relationships, present in what I was doing for uh, a career. And so, you know, a number of months ago, um, I had really a, a kind of a change and, and it changed me in every aspect of my, my life. And I it started with, it, it goes more, it goes beyond this, but started with a morning routine. And I'm just going to give you my morning routine mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of tell you how that relates to mindfulness and how it's changed me. And Perfect. so when, when I wake up, the very first thing, and I give credit to Darren Hardy, um, who I got this from originally. Right. And, um, and 
I start, I wake up right away and I think of three things that I'm, I'm thankful for. So the, that mindset, what it, what it starts by, by and, and it's not going to be the same thing. And I can't, every morning I can't say, you know, uh, my two kids and my wife, you know, I have mm-hmm. to, I have to think or where I live or what I do. It has to be, I try to be creative and think outside the box. And, and, um, if I'm really thankful for my wife, I will be, I will say that, but, um, I've tried to really broaden it mm-hmm. and try to think of all the things I'm grateful for. So risk starts me off on a, a very appreciative, a grateful attitude in the morning. And then actually I, I pray for somebody this is my next step. I'll, I'll think about somebody, pray for them. You know, they may be in need. They may, they may be disgraced. I mean, I may not have seen them for a while, but then it, it kind of connects me back to somebody in my past or I've come across. And it's really fun because the people that pop in my head, it's, it's all over the map. You know, it could be a relative, it could be a friend from years ago. And so that's what I do there. And then I do a, a new thing I've added, which is really close to mindful, connecting to mindfulness is just, I take a moment and I clear my head mm-hmm. and I really try to empty. Um, I, I end up having a lot of thoughts go through my head early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I get up real early, but I, I, I have these things. And I really try to slow down from the start and try to, basically that's a, it's a form of, of meditation. I'm just clearing my mind. So how do you do that? Oh, just, just basic, you know, the basic understanding I know about meditation is I'm just, uh, you know, I have, um, trying to chase away any kind of thoughts that run in my head, um, my mind racing in different direction and just kind of focus on my breathing Mm -hmm. and get present, you know, feel my breath coming in and out. And so it's, it's, I'm not, uh, really well versed in meditation, but I I know the basics of it. And that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what I do only for a couple minutes. Sure, and then I'll go into more of a, of a maybe it depends on what's going on, but more of a detailed prayer uh, about for other people and different things in my life, and then then I'm I'm off to my my workout. So I, right. I but but what happens in that moment is I start the day thankful, grateful for things. I start the day um, um, really thinking about some other people, so I really get out of out of my own world a little bit and start thinking about those around me, um, which is really a good place to be because I think in the past I would, here's a, here's a little insight of of my head. So Mm -hmm. I would wake up in the past and immediately I would start worrying about the things that are on my plate or I'm not doing this yet. I'm not doing this. And what would happen, you know, the stress and anxiety would build, but it would, I would get more and more internal and more and more about me. You know, just, it just, it would just kind of, I would kind of implode as the day went on and, and I'd be, you know, and by the end of the day, I'm wore out because all I thought about is the difficult things, the negative things. And so this morning routine has been, uh, it really sets me to in the right direction, right from the get go. So how long have you been doing it, Greg? It's been right now, I'm probably, about, it's been about eight months now. Eight months. Yeah. That's yeah. Quite a while. So it's be so it's become a habit now, right? Yes. This is this is I don't I used to have to set my uh, my alarm. I mean, I wake up, but then I have to set another alarm in case I forgot. Mm-hmm. And now it's just it's part of life, right? Well, I listened to your episode about habit, and and you have a podcast and a terrific podcast. And oh, thank that you. episode about habit is just dynamite because that really is one of the keys to success, isn't it? Creating habits that can get us on track. 
it's the I mean, it's the backbone of, uh, you know, the success. And I when I, I, I use that loosely, you know, the success, I mean, everybody has a different I'm not talking just about worldly money or, or success. I'm talking about relational success. All that is really what you do on a daily basis. It's it's that everyday action you're taking. I mean, and it's not some major to have success in in a relationship. I mean, it's not this major thing you're going to do for, you know, your your spouse or your your kids or your or friend or whatever. It's not this big huge major thing you're doing. It's what you take care of on a daily hourly basis that determines and those are habits that determines how that relationship goes or if you talk about business like if you want to like in some of my like recently okay so i kind of one of my passions since i was a former teacher is passions helping educators get healthier i mean so poor it's a portion of my business so if I wanted to get, and so I do a well, one of the things I do is a wellness seminar. I do these seminars in um, companies and, you know, schools and school districts. I'll go in and, and, and give them you know, basically tips and ways to get healthier, ways to improve their performance, ways to be, you know, just be better at what they do and, and enjoy it more while they do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I have a habit of, of reaching out to five different people every day. Right now, I have a bunch of people lined up now that I can help. I have I've gone into I've gone into school districts um, basically every you know, several several districts a month now. I'm going into and I'm I'm sharing either a I'm doing a program with them or something. If I wanted to do this, and I decided one day I'm going to contact you know 300 people. I mean, there's no way I would ever get to where I am right now because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would I would be discouraged. I wouldn't, you know, I'd get a low return rate, but instead of just doing this daily simple habit for, for this, for my business, now things have started to trickle in and more and more and more, um, people I'm able to help because I just made it a daily habit. So that's business success. I mean, it's just, you, you do the things you got to do, you do it every day and you keep, you keep, you keep at it. Well, for sure. And your, your morning routine is a habit that really roots you in mindfulness to get your day started. And I know you've mentioned about daily, hourly, you know, what you do during the day on an hourly basis. But can you expand on that and how you apply mindfulness to your life throughout the day and with your family? Sure, sure. Absolutely. And it's, it basically goes back to habits and understanding how powerful they are. And let me connect that a little bit, because when I say habits, it's not just this you know, mechanical, robotic thing, like have to do this, this, and this. It's actually really a lot about mindfulness. It's about being present. It's it's about understanding when I do a simple task. Um, let's say it's relational. Like I, I want to, um, you know, make sure every day I have a moment with each of my kids. Okay. So meaning that, what does that mean? That, that means I, I'm present with them. I'm, I'm with them one-on-one talking to them undisrupted, no phone, no TV, nothing. I am talking to them or playing a game with them or reading with them every single day. Now, that that brings me from all over the place, focused on my business, focused on all the different projects I have to right present at that moment with, with my, my daughter or my son. Mm-hmm. And it's a that daily, hourly, I mean, I, I put that down as a habit. That's a habit. I have to connect with them every single day in this way. And 
over time, these habits that just it it takes you from being all over the place to being really uh, dialed in on what you're doing from an hourly basis to a daily basis to a weekly basis. You know, you really understand that this what that's what matters. You have to you have to enjoy uh, whatever you do. If you don't enjoy the process, it's not worth doing. Yeah, so if you're sure. if you're not in it and you're not present and you're not enjoying the process, you're looking at the next thing. And that's what I did for years, years. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, Greg, if some of this mindfulness is rubbing off on your daughter and son, are you starting to observe that they are doing some of these things too in their own lives? Yeah, it was, this was really cool is my daughter, she's seen me over the years, you know, praying or journaling or just being reflective, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I've done now, the last eight months have been very purposeful, but I've had spurts of this for, for years. Um, and the other, other night, I was, she was at the kitchen table, and there was a lot of stuff going on, and she just separated herself. She was in with everybody, but she's just writing in her journal. She's 11 years old. You know, she was writing down some of the people she's going to pray for, and then she's writing notes about, like, her day. And this is one of the big things reflecting for me is very helpful reflecting at the end of the day. That's why I have my, my, my habit list, my app. It's not necessarily the habits that, like I said, like the mechanical robotic thing that I'm worried about. It's more about going back to the day and re um, kind of processing the day over. And she was doing that and I've never told her to do it. I mean, she just kind of witnessed me doing it. So she was reflecting on the day, talking about the different things that happened. And I was like, this is really cool. So it's, it's, it's starting to rub off a little bit. So is prayer a form of mindfulness for you, Greg? Yeah, because it, it's a big part for me and just in, in my faith. I just understanding, and it goes back to being, you know, a couple of things. Being very thankful and grateful for the things I have and what, what God has blessed me with. And then the other aspect of it is is really, um, you know, and, and being aware of all the things around me that come into come into play being outwardly focused uh, on on others i mean it's really there's a lot of of things that come from that that prayer while it turning you from uh, and it's just it just helps you being being present at what's going on and you know when i pray it's really a a, a time of of reflection of people that are around me, relationships. I mean, it's all these things that go through my mind um, to help me focus on the, the people I'm, I'm, I'm praying for or the, or the groups or the, uh, and it, it, it brings me to present because like things going, traumatic things going on in the world, well, you can get overwhelmed for it and you, there's so many different things, but if you can take, it, it kind of gives you the, I don't want to say power, but like you feel like you're doing something because, for example, the, the crazy, crazy situations in the Middle East and and all the things going on. Well, I feel pretty helpless like most people do, but I can do one thing. I can pray for that, those people or that people in, in, in need or the refugees or whatever it is. I can I can reach out in my way. I can pray. I mean, there's other things I can do, but that's one way of, of kind of being aware of of the world around me. Yeah, for sure. Prayer is really powerful. And like you said, gratitude is everything. Yeah, I want to yeah. switch over, Greg, and talk to you about all the work you do in the field of nutrition and exercise. When did that become a central focus in your life? 
you know, really, I mean, all the way, trace it all the way back to even high school. Mm-hmm. I was passionate about, I read my, so my, my dad, when I was in junior high, my dad became moved. He was, he's a college basketball coach. And then he moved into um, coaching in the NBA in 1983, which was, I was, I can date myself, but I was in junior high. Right. And he, I had exposure, what was really neat is I had exposure to some of the, the best, like at that point it was, it was nutrition, but it was also strength and conditioning. And so I was able to, in, in high school, be able to read these, um, you know, he would send me what their strength coach would put together. So I started studying strength, conditioning, nutrition way back in high school on my own. And then my first class I signed up for in college was a nutrition class. I mean, it was my first semester of college. I was studying nutrition. And then, you know, on and off, that nutrition performance exercise has been a passion of, of mine as part of what I was doing as a hobby and then as a full time job. I mean, I've trained athletes as a full time job. I've trained people. I have my nutrition side. I've done full time for a number of years now. So I can trace it all the way back to high school. And in North America, we have a real nutrition dilemma, don't we? With, That's with bad. Yeah. you know, it's it's a real problem. So, how do you deal with that? How do you approach people when they come to you and they want to change how they think about nutrition? How do you go about it? You know, one of the this is, and I want to connect this to, to mindfulness because it's mm-hmm. so timely. But one of the new the things that I am working on implementing is is having people really be present while they're eating. So understanding, like slowing down um, for a meal, like it's hard, you know, sometimes the snacks I do, I mean, I even produce my own nutrition bar and some smoothie mixes because I know the fast paced lifestyle. I want to mm-hmm. provide healthy things that are on the go, but I also want to teach people to slow down and, and really understand what's going on when they're eating. So if they're eating, eating dinner together, really be present and be understand what they're putting in their bodies like what is this doing what is this how does this affect me um is this making me healthier is it is it causing me you know causing my blood sugar to go crazy because i'm eating high levels of processed food and it's gonna it's gonna cause me you know suffering later on because it's gonna cause more in health so being being mindful of what is actually going in their body during those meals is something i'm working on how i can help people understand that like and and on top of that is, is is slowing down during those meals to experience it and not just make it, you know, just just a just something to get in your body and, and move on, um, you know, to our, our family dinners, our, our own practice in our house is we, we every night doesn't matter what's going on. We, we always have a family dinner where everything's shut down. No TV, no phones, nothing, just just us, the four of us at the addition. You know, and some times we'll have guests, but it's it's a dinner where we slow down and we take our time and we talk and we're we're aware of what we're doing. We're aware of each other. And so it's really important. That is great. It really is. Do you ever get any flack from your teenage children? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're, they're a little younger. They're Eight and eleven, but they're my eleven-year-old is getting close. She has some yeah. some moments of teenage <laughs> experiences. Yeah, well, my son is fourteen, and he thinks it's pretty ridiculous that he can't read at the table oh, well, at yeah. least some of the time. You know, when we have dinner. 
<laughs> that yes, that would be my that would be the same as my daughter. She's a reader. My yeah. son would be more of a, you know she, he likes different uh, and he's very limited in how much he can do it. But he loves to play like little video games on the on yeah. a on a iPod or whatever. He, sure. he, he doesn't understand all the time that. I don't, it doesn't matter what he was doing before dinner; it's not happening. So we get we get some flack, but they're you know yeah. they, it's what they've done all their lives. So even though it doesn't pop up all the time because they're just they're, it's routine to, for them. So Greg, you've talked about slowing down and being mindful as we eat. You've talked about processed foods. Is there anything else that's a problem with the food that we eat in North America? Yeah, I mean, I could sum it one word. The, the biggest problem in North America is sugar. Uh, and, and that's, and it's not just sugar. You know, I've done a bunch of, I've done podcasts, blogs, everything from sugar is evil to warning sugar is going to kill you, mm-hmm. all these different things, because mm-hmm. the, the, it, it's such an addictive substance. It's such a, we, we get it in such large quantities. Our body is not created to withstand it. And so the, the epidemic of, um, obesity and type 2 diabetes that started you know right around the when people went from uh, into the low fat craze and really right 1980 is kind of when it the, where it really took off and they replaced the fat in foods they replaced uh, it with sugar so um and and, and processed and which is processed food uh, i can almost call that sugar because it turns into simple sugars in your body very fast so, you know, like simple breads will turn into, it'll turn into glucose like in, in, in seconds once it's in your body. So it's mm-hmm. almost like eating raw sugar. Right. Um, so we have that, it's such a high amount, like a massive amount at once that it's just, it's, it's it really, you can, you can trace the curve in 1980 when the low fat craze started and that curve of that, of of low fat food increasing to the obesity and type two diabetes increasing at the same time. So there's, there's great resources that kind of track that. Um, Kitty Kirk did a good, really good um, documentary called fed up, which covers a lot of that, uh, the details of that, the kind of trajectory with sugar. And I, I just, the combination of, of its prevalent, how prevalent it is, how much we're feeding our kids. I mean, the type, to an obesity epidemic is getting so young. I mean, they're having people, young elementary age kids with type two diabetes. I mean, it's and it's it's all it's diet. I mean, it's oh, diet related. And, and isn't it just tragic? It is so it's, tragic. And it's it's tragic in so many ways. And I can look at it from that. I I'm concerned for the people. I mean, I feel terrible, but also mm-hmm. financially, it's it's costing us. It'll end up costing trillions of dollars for the country. Yeah, yeah. the country. It's it's just because, and it's lack of education. People. I mean, you can't. And and a lot of times, it's lower socioeconomic. I mean, they can't afford some of the foods, so they're they eat processed foods, and they're not educated as much. So they don't understand as much. So, I mean. Uh, that's why I'm so passionate about creating free resources to educate people like my podcast and Mm -hmm. and different things, because I would love people to understand more about what they're doing to their bodies. Right. And it's just also habit too. Like people are used to eating all the sweet stuff. Now I certainly agree with you and uh, completely hear what you're saying. Uh, Two days ago, I celebrated two years of being sugar free. So, Oh my gosh, that's 
fantastic. Thanks, Greg. Yes, I feel really great. And I feel really great knowing that I don't have those ups and downs that refined sugar can give you. So I really feel like I have reason to celebrate. It's given me a whole new perspective on feeling good. I admit a few times I've strayed, but not very often. Well, and in small spurts, our bodies can handle the sugar. I mean, if you think about how we were created to survive, you know, there's you know, our ancestors would come upon, not often, but they would come come upon, you know, maybe uh, a grove of, of really ripe fruit so, sure. or, you know, and, and have a ton of it at once, you know, yeah, or, or pineapple, you know, the, things or, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the occasional batch of honey, you know, it's it in small, once in a while, mm-hmm. a small thing here and there is not bad. It's the daily, uh, most people We'll have a processed food with some type of, you know, either very processed where it turns into sugar very fast or actually sugar in it at every meal and snack. Yes. So, and they think, you know, it's like a, people think a granola bar is healthy. Well, it's got 40 something grams of carbohydrate, which is, you know, 18 grams of sugar in it. It's, it's not, that's not healthy. It's it's, it's really bad for you because it's spiking your, spiking your insulin your blood sugar is rising really high and it creates this wave of energy, drop of energy. And, you know, one, one thing you can do for, for overall health and, and um, weight management is to really control your insulin levels. And that's all background processed food and sugar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time and uh, I've really seen how mindfulness can make a huge positive difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about bullying or a situation that that you could share with us? Yeah, you know, I I had a – I mean I I think most of us have all experienced bullying in some capacity, whether it's direct or indirect. And I had something that shaped how I – felt understood bullying as a as an educator so it happened to me when I was in junior high so I said my my dad was a, a basketball coach and mm-hmm. we we moved around a lot right. and so I moved from I had a big move in the middle of eighth grade I moved from uh, West Virginia mm-hmm. to the Bay Area in and uh, near San Francisco oh yeah so big change because it was from Huntington West Virginia to um, Pleasanton California which is right outside of San Francisco right. and I got there and I was, you know, people knew my dad was one of the coaches for the Golden State Warriors. And there was, you know, I was received by, pretty warmly received by most people. But there was one person that was kind of, he was the big man on campus. Like he was the most popular, he's the best best, best athlete. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I did. I don't know what it was, but he made my life miserable mm. and he bullied me to no extent trying to start fights with me you know picking on me every op- opportunity he could and i just i remember being so confused and no you know it, nobody um we were even on the same basketball team mm-hmm. and, and the coach didn't never stood stepped in i think people thought it was funny when he would pick on people and i thought you know i would if i ever have power. You know, you think in, in seventh, eighth grade, you, yeah. junior high, you don't have any power for anything. You just feel helpless. Right. I thought I'll never let this happen to anybody else. Cause I was luckily for me is, is we, you know, we kind of, his popularity, he kind of grew out of that and his, his life kind of went sideways and, and he stopped 
pick. I mean, high, in high school, it went a different way. And, mm-hmm. but I, I remember, so as, as a, um, I was very, very aware as an educator, mm-hmm. um, for the 13 years as a, as a science teacher and a basketball coach, I, I would never stand for any of that. And I would actually address bullying at the beginning of every year. And if I ever saw even joking around, cause a lot of it's, it, it's yeah. people looks like they're joking around yeah, and for sure. Yeah. And it's at the expense of the person that may be laughing, but they're really hurting inside. Yeah, exactly. So I guess what I can say about bullying is my negative experiences, which were luckily for me were relatively brief. It was only, you know, a year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would I really was passionate about not letting it take place in my, under my watch, wherever I can control it, my classroom or on my team. Oh, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, I yeah. was too. As a teacher, I was always watching for that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's under the radar and you you don't even see it as a teacher. But yeah, right. Right. I, I agree with you. Greg, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round and just short 30-second okay. answers are perfect. Here's sure. the first one. Uh, who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I believe Darren Hardy, the, the compound effect, entrepreneurial roller coaster, right. the two, two resources he's written, uh, two books, and he's Got a lot of other resources, but Darren Hardy about understanding how daily, everyday actions really affect the outcome of your life. Oh, he's awesome. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? You know, it that as I talked about my morning routine, it has really got, um, you know, I think the biggest thing it's done is my anxiety level has dropped substantially. I mean, I've had some anxiety issues early on in my 30s and mm-hmm. Just because I was wrapped, like I mentioned, wrapped up in my own mind and by doing my practice in the morning and really being present and being grateful from the very beginning, it actually lowers my anxiety, which um, you would think it would be, it wouldn't affect it so much, but really being present and being thankful for things around me, it's changed my life. That's fantastic. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Yeah. So when I get centered in the morning and really kind of just wipe my mind clean, I do that by really focusing on my breath. There's, and I can feel, you know, those that practice, you know, the deep breathing and and meditation, you know, it's, it's not only, it's a mental change, it's a physical, physical change, the oxygen levels and the, you just feel your, your, your tension. And it happens at any point, like before I speak. So I do Mm -hmm. now I'm doing a lot of seminars and different things. I didn't mention this before, but I will do deep breathing and just kind of clear my mind before I, I speak, and my anxiety level and tension level will drop um, exponentially. Exponentially, it just really drops, and I feel feel much more relaxed and deliver a better presentation because of it. So that so it actually helps me a lot of different ways. That's great. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be, Greg? Yeah, I know this is a little different, but I think understanding how the daily your daily actions, the the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I think was one of the biggest things that helped me the most. Mm -hmm. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Yeah. The habit list is an app that I have that it, it, what it helps me with, it's kind of reverse. It helps me reflect on the day and it helps me be, be kind of review the day and understand like how how present, because a lot of those things I talked about, like we're on my habit list are things that would make me be mindful during the day, being present with the day, being present with my kids, being present with my wife. So it's really a reflection on that. So it helps me kind of review my 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 day and relating to mindfulness. 
what advice would you give to a person who is new to mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Get a morning routine. <laughs> Get a daily morning routine to to start the day with the right mindset and being mindful. I think that that is will be life changing. Greg, it has been really great to spend this time talking with you today, and I'm really impressed with your routine and everything you're doing to help those who really need what you have to offer. So that's great. Can you share with Mindful Tribe about how we can connect with you and learn more about what you do? Sure. Yes. My best way is my toobusyeat.com because on there you can see all the things I do. My podcast is there, my free resources. I have a free book that you can get, either audiobook or 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 ebook. And there's also a contact tab. So if you had questions about nutrition or health, um, the contact button it takes me it takes you right to me. So I actually make sure it doesn't go to any administrative assistant mm-hmm. or anything. It goes right to me. These emails I get on my my contact page. So so you can reach out, you can find out more about me at toobusyeat.com or you can actually um, even go there and and send an email directly to me if you have any questions. That's super. Well, thanks again, Greg. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Bruce. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.